Hi, and thank you for listening to this seventh episode of Media Mystic. I'm your host, Kristen Harlow. Today, I sit down with psychic medium Dana DeStico and energy worker and psychic medium Jacqueline Brita to discuss divine feminine energy, the integration of divine and masculine energy, and the experience of shamanic journey for healing. It's a really enlightening conversation, and I hope you enjoy. Jacqueline and Dana, thank you so much for um, joining me today to talk about what we plan to talk about. Uh, Dana, you actually sat down with me a few weeks ago, so you're not a stranger to anyone who's listening, I don't think. Um, Jacqueline, you and I met because the three of us share a psychic medium circle that we used to go to together, and that was always very fun, so... Just thought we could sit down and have a discussion about what Dana was telling me about your your journeys that you do together and the fact that you have found yourself coming up against or not against coming up with uh, the divine feminine and the divine masculine. And um, I, I just I feel like the divine feminine in particular has I, I think it's probably been about 10 years since my exposure to the idea of the rising of the divine feminine, the ascension of the divine feminine. Um, and, and I had, I think a lot of people have a question about what that means, really, what is the divine feminine? And we know that it's the, the counterpart, the feminine counterpart of God or the great spirit or whatever your language is for it. But I also think it can be something more personal as well probably about, I think it was 10 years ago or so, I had a medicine experience um, where I suddenly became aware of an older woman, probably in her 70s, sitting on the corner of a very old, what seemed to be Middle Eastern, maybe French Mediterranean town, very dusty. Um, and she was begging on the corner. And uh, and her eye was was crossed, and she never got any love. That's what I that's what I really picked up on. And I began to realize that I was her, and that somehow it felt like this had been a past life. And then it switched a little later on, and I was in a cave, and I was really, really like legitimately in this cave, you know, seeing the stones, three D, really, really amazing. And I just came to this understanding that she was Mary Magdalene and that somehow I had some kind of experience of Mary Magdalene in a past life in some way. And I did research and apparently it is thought by some schools that Mary Magdalene did live in a cave at the end of her life. And then fascinatingly, I began to meet more and more women in particular who also felt that they had this strong connection to Mary Magdalene in a past life and, and also felt that they were carrying some, um, DNA code of Mary Magdalene into this life to rise this energy to ascend this energy I think and and to me that's that's the personal version of divine feminine does that sound have you had that kind of Jacqueline let's start with you have you had that kind of personal experience with the divine feminine that would kind of 
you know, reflect that idea? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely have a strong connection to Mary Magdalene and she's one of my guides. And I remember it's very interesting that you say a cave because I know that actually Dana and I, you may have been there as well, but I know specifically Dana and I had journeyed once and we were in a cave under the water mm. and we had gone into the cave and I saw this little um, doorway and I went in and it was a tiny little temple inside like a church. And when I went kind of to the back of the room, I looked up and there was this hole with glass and there was a light coming down and I said, and Jesus somehow was there. I don't remember exactly, but his energy was there. And I I asked him, I said, can I go through like what, what's above? And I went and he let me and he, he let me go up into the light and I came out on this shore and Mary Magdalene came to me and she gave me a book and she opened the book and I believe that was kind of the end of the journey. There may have been some other things happening, but with her, what I felt from that book is that she was showing me that her sacred knowledge was kind of suppressed mm-hmm. is what I was feeling. And that she was giving me and handing me the book and opening it and kind of opening, it was almost like an initiation for me, opening me up into that, that light. Um, so that's definitely one, one way, but one other way that she's come to me and really beautifully is, you know, I've been on this healing journey with Dana and Mary Magdalene came to me once and she gave me, she showed me this healing circle, this very specific light pink rose petals in a circle. And she said to me, anytime that you need healing, you come to the circle and you step inside and you sit down and I will send you my healing. Mm. and for me that was just incredible there are many other ways that she has come to me um her and Jesus both um but those are the two most specific I can think of but really beautiful powerful energy oh yeah And, Mm -hmm. and it really does feel like because of this idea of her suppression and the, the her wisdom and her mere existence, the suppression of it throughout the ages, throughout the past 2000 years, it does feel like this idea of the rising of the divine feminine would come through her, you know, there, there are definitely, there's more information about her now, the church, I think recently, like in 2016 or something, decided to at least say that she's an apostle of the apostles before they wouldn't say she was an apostle at all. Now they're not saying she's an apostle. They're saying she's an apostle to the apostles. So I'm sure that's a lessening in some way. I don't think it's what it should be, which is a heightening because then you, you know, you hear about the, the Dead Sea Scrolls found in Nag Hammadi and the fact that a lot of them said, not a lot, but a few of them said that she was Jesus's special, you know, partner, that she was his uh, greatest support and that she understood him the most. So it does, and, and to have her be suppressed and then suddenly to see the information about her beginning to come to the surface, to see the divine feminine rising in both our own personal lives and also like, for instance, 2017, Me Too, that that whole awakening of feminine power and feminine what what the female deserves but anyway dana what about you what what is your what's your take on that um i mean i abs 
Absolutely, she is representative of the divine feminine in the same way Jesus is representative of the divine masculine. And now we see them in that sort of balance, that sort of um, uh, working together, sort of, um, and to teach us something about, you know, it, I, it's it's my personal opinion that they were partners, Why, you know, she was his wife. And I think that we can look at that sort of, um, sort of, um, they're like two sides of a whole package. And we can see the divine feminine in her and we see it in, you know, goddess-based religions. We see it in a lot of different things. Um, but, you know, it's it's fascinating to think she's individually came to the three of us here at different times in our lives. We all have a different and special connection with her. Um, we've had connections and journeys together with her. I think she's absolutely a part of um, the you know, reclaiming of our divine femininity as women, you know, um, and I think that she, she has a really important part of it. Um, I think that she can teach us something about healing our mother wound, um, you know, and I, I think, I think that, you know, once we can see her, you know, reclaim her spot as Jesus's partners, we can also come to understand there's tons of proof that she bore his child too, that's out there, you know, and that, and that's a whole nother thing. I don't think is we there, need to go is into there, like is that, that side of it. Is there tons of proof? Uh, it, it, there, there is lots of theories about it and things that theories, have come but... up about it. I'll definitely share things about you. Yeah, I mean, proof, right? I mean, I guess at the end of the day, where's the proof in any of it, there, right? There's really but... not even any proof that Jesus existed except for one word in, you know, a, a history yeah. written by Josephus, you know? So, but I mean, there there are many theories yeah. that say that he, that she had his child. Yes. Yeah. You know what I think is also fascinating about her is she comes to us with the cave, the connection to the cave again. Yeah. And that's something that we see on our journeys a lot. We go into caves, we come out of them, we willingly walk into them. Sometimes we fall into them. You know, there's all different ways in which this kind of represents itself. Um, so I think that that's a symbol of her. Um, another one which Jacqueline talked about, and I remember that beautiful journey with the flowers is she's connected to flowers, roses especially, you know. Mm, um, yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's interesting with the cave thing. Um, uh, apparently, it's thought one of the the main one of the main theories about what happened to her after Jesus died, or whatever happened to Jesus. Um, she apparently went to France. There's pretty good, you know, scholarship about the idea that she wound up in France and she spread Jesus's word with. I forget who came with her. Maybe. I think James maybe is the one who went with her and, and anyone else, maybe a couple of other people. Um, and she, she, you know, preached Jesus's good news, quote unquote, and um, spent many, many years. And then in the end, she was in, in a cave. She, she prayed and meditated in a cave, they say, until the end of her life for many, many, many years. So the cave thing, I think, comes from maybe that too it's so beautiful to see her return to this original divine feminine our sacred mother earth right i mean she's literally going back into her own reconnecting herself with her own divine femininity which i think when we talk about the divine feminine and masculine the the feminine is the earth it's our literal mother earth and then the sky is the father you know that's another way i think to look at how that Mm -hmm. energy plays out in in um not only journeying but really in the in the balance of nature mm -hmm. so i think jacqueline i think you said that 
that both of you together have been having a healing, like a real healing journey around the divine feminine. What, what, uh, what have, what's, what's been happening with that? What have you been experiencing? So much, so much. Um, but you know what, actually really quick, I just want to share because I think it's important. Um, I was going to save it for us to discuss later, but since we're here talking about the feminine and the masculine, um, so I do Reiki as well. And I was, I don't know if either of you were here for this journey. It might've been in my own journey, but I just wanted to mention, I had this journey and it's so curious how things work right in the psychic world, because even like years later or months later, we can go back and we can still learn something mm -hmm. from, you know, a journey that we had before, or we can still understand something deeper. So as you guys were talking, it hit me. Um, but I had this journey where I was in a cave and I traveled down into this one cavern and Mary and Jesus were there and she handed me a baby boy. And then I went into the back of the cave and she gave me, a, she's, I don't know if it was her or Jesus, but one of them might've been Jesus actually came to me and gave me, now, if anyone does Reiki that you'll know that they're in the level one and level two there are three main reiki symbols that we use in the master level there's a fourth but i haven't done that yet and it's nothing i've looked up the symbol it's nothing like this but the game came to me and they gave me what they said is another reiki symbol and i researched it and nowhere in reiki it does exist i mean we've all seen this symbol um i don't know if there's a name for it but they gave me this Reiki symbol and they told me, so in Japanese, there's different names for the symbols. And they told me this one is called Sahatki. And it's basically, I don't know the name of it, but it's basically the spiral where it's, it's a spiral at the top and then it goes down and it curls into a spiral at the bottom. Mm -hmm. So it's almost mm -hmm. like this S shape, right? Mm -hmm. So I've used this over the past few years in my Reiki and they told me it's divine wisdom and love. That's wow. the purpose of this symbol. But what's very interesting is I'm, I don't know what triggered it, but just as I was listening to the two of you talk, you know, it just hit me. One, we have the, the child. She literally handed me a baby boy. And if you draw the symbol and you look at it, it's two spirals connected. So for me, it's representing, again, that feminine linking with the masculine mm -hmm. and the middle place would be the child or, you know, the Trinity. And I mean, there's so much symbolism in that. Um, Beautiful. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that because I thought it was very, very interesting. Um, but back to your question. <laughs> so the feminine... For me, my journey, my journey actually began because of a desire to connect more deeply with source. And the reason that I got into this is because I, I was following this one spiritual leader. And she was saying something that really hit me hard. And she said, you know, we have our mothers and our fathers in this lifetime. But many of us, including myself, haven't gotten that unconditional love. You know, there are people out there who have beautiful families and great mothers and fathers, but 
some of us, you know, grow up where we don't have that experience. And so she said in her healing that even though, you know, of course, respectful to the mothers and biological mothers and fathers in our lives, but she said she didn't find that, that deep unconditional love. And so she went to source and she believes in this union, which I do as well of divine masculine and divine feminine together, our source mm -hmm. or God, or, you know, whatever you want right. to label it. And so I thought to myself, that's very curious. And, you know, both with my mother and father, I never got that love. And so I started, you know, really just wanting to go deeper and to find that love. But where it took me, not only with the feminine, but also with the masculine, and I think Dana would probably <clears throat> agree with this, is that it took us on a journey where we, in order to like connect, or for me anyway, for me to connect with source we first are clearing we first have to clear all of the wounding and the trauma and the pain mm -hmm. that's surrounding the divine feminine and masculine not only in this lifetime but past lifetimes and parallel lifetimes as well so that's where my journey began um and it's been very curious I mean we've gone we've you know, we started, I think, with the feminine, and then we went to the masculine. And very curiously, it's bringing us back to the feminine. In what so way? it's this beautiful cycle. So recently, actually, you know, we, we've been working on the, the divine masculine for probably a year now, right? <laughs> easily a year. I mean, this has been over a two year journey we've been on easily mm, with this. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely the masculine too. Yeah. For like a year. And, you know, we, we noticed that the father, the, the wounding of the father is really in our solar plexus and the feminine is in the sacral and through the healing of the masculine, we came up against the feminine in the way of the goddess energy and really them showing us how and where we need to really fully embody our goddess energy. And for myself personally, it's been like, you know, I had a lot of sexual trauma when I was a child. So continuing to heal that sexual trauma, but through that, finding my own sexuality and embodying, you know, just the sensual side of myself. And through that, I can heal not only the feminine, but also the masculine. So it's it's been really, I mean, we're still going, right? <laughs> the journey's not over yet. We, we, it's long from over. It, it, it is a lifetime journey, really. I mean, it's a journey of the life. I mean, um, absolutely. And and for me, that, that sexual trauma was also something that I've experienced in my life. And I think, um, you know, being able to be on a journey with someone that could hold that space and, and understand it was... Um, I think for me, why it's clicking so much, because that trauma is so much about the wound of the father and the mother, you know, e even if it's not literally representative of our father or our mother, um, it is, it's still that wound that comes from that sort of energy. Yeah. And I, I would say, in, interestingly, I would, I think it's, it's a core wound more than anything else. It's a, it's, it's the wound that 
begins in this body from birth itself, from the the utter trauma of being born from one world to the next, you know? And so that's that's the core wound. And then as we age and begin to become socialized, all of the other ways in which we wound ourselves just piles on top of this core wound, which is in a way both masculine and feminine, right? We, we're created by the masculine and feminine union. And then we're destroyed by the ejection from the feminine. So uh, yeah, it, it's a mother wound. It's a father wound. It's a core wound. I mean, how would you, how would you define the mother wound versus the father wound? Um, for me, I think the, the mother wound is, is connected to our, you know, how we were nurtured or weren't nurtured is <laughs> connected, I think, to our love, um, you know, the acceptance we have and haven't gotten throughout our lives. It's connected with, uh, for women in our sexuality, for sure, but also connected in how we give and receive love, I think, you know, how we're able to be open to um, giving and receiving love. It has to do with, um, our ability to conceptualize, to give birth, not only physically, but spiritually, emotionally, to ideas, to things, to relationships. Um, you know, and I think it's really interesting, too, something that I think is really important for us to talk about for a quick second is a good part of our journey, too, um, and I know Jacqueline can totally talk about this, is we had, um, you know, we both had the same mentor. All three of us had the same mentor. But, you know, we had, um, you know, developed a, a, a sort of relationship with our mentor that was starting to become more of like a mentor. It was becoming more of a peer relationship. And it, we had a falling out and it was a painful, painful breakup. And for us, it was the really losing a version of our mother, a version of our mother that gave ourselves our ability to be the intuitive psychic medium we are she held that space for us she you know encouraged us and then you know it, it was really we were going through a breakup together mm -hmm. you know um and I think that that was that was a that's a mother wound mm -hmm. you know when you're you know you're rejected or not loved by your mother in, in the way that you need to be you know um there was a quote I heard recently, and it said, when you're not fed love on a silver spoon, you learn to lick it off with knives. And I mm -hmm. think I'm, I'm using that as a quote now because I think that that, to me, talks about the mother and father wound and not getting that fulfilled as a child and throughout your life. Like, you learn to get it somewhere, and you learn to find it in places. And I think for both me and Jacqueline, we could go to the darkness in that. You know, like, we can relate to that licking of the knives, you know, like, we could do that. And I think what part of this journeying was trying not to lift the knife and our healing from this, we were trying to, you know, go somewhere that was um, going to bring us sort of a more balanced healing, you know, but not being afraid to walk into the dark in this journey, because these journeys we go on with the divine masculine and the divine feminine, they are so beautiful and full of love, and they are so full of healing. But if you don't go into that darkness, you're not going to get the other things out of it. You have to be willing to confront all of yourself and all of what it means to be a woman and have these masculine energies within you, the good and the bad, the things you've done right and the things you've done wrong. You know, you got to look at all of it. Absolutely. We, we are composed you know? of love and pain and, and to deny pain, to refuse to experience it, to allow it is to 
deny half of who you are. And what's the point of that? How can you be a full whole person if you if you don't do that? And and I think that and also just to note that all of these things we're talking about, of course, we're women. So to it appears as though we're discussing, you know, women in the divine feminine, but this is a human journey. This is men and women. And I, I think anybody who's listening to this probably already is aware of that, but just to note it, you know, it's like men also are getting in touch with their divine feminine or, or must in order to heal fully. You know, it's not just the divine feminine of the, of the female. Um, but what, what is the, what is the, how would you define the father wound? Um, I definitely feel that, you know, we are not, as a society, we are still not healed from, you know, the masculine because we're still largely a patriarchal society and we're suppressed. And there's, yeah, there's so much healing to do from the, the, from the father wound. And, you know, I just want to note here, I don't know if we said it already, but just for the people listening to clarify like we're talking about mother and father wound right but it's masculine and feminine to me you know yeah um or it's just this 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 energy the balance right the yin, yin yang all the different um ways we can describe it but but yeah for for me it's really about um the patriarchy and you know really going deeply into the solar solar plexus and and healing that um i was gonna say i think that you know when we talk about the divine masculine and the father when we're talking obviously about our relationships with our literal father but we're also talking about as women any relationship we have with a male whether it's it's a partner a husband a boyfriend uh you know a short-term encounter it's um our brothers it's you know uncles it's masculine friends that we have and it's a masculine within ourselves like the spots where we maybe um embody those traits in our life where we need to and because we live in a patriarchal society i think that a lot of us are forced to assume some of those you know whether it's in the career or the workplace or in relationships we have in a way that maybe doesn't always serve us the best so I think it's it's kind of all of that kind of I think lumped into healing the you know father wound and dealing with the divine masculine the more we the more we talk the more I feel the more I see these two combining into one it's and I guess that's the whole point right that there there is no real divine feminine or divine masculine it's just one great energy of all that is right and there, these are the the counterparts that we see as humans that make sense of the narrative of this energy that makes no sense to us at all. But in fact, it's it's all one. It's it's all one. And so so is the wound. The wound is all one as well. You we can look at materialism and ego and confidence and strength as being the the father wound, masculine wound. But then you can also apply that to the divine feminine, the, the feminine wound, the mother wound confidence, materialism, strength, you know, ego, all, all combined, all one. So really it's, it's, it's just a wound. It's an enormous wound that we all share. It's one gigantic wound that we're all swimming in here. There's something really curious and I'm sure Dana will, will remember this. It was a pretty recent um, journey, like a few weeks back that we took and again, I don't remember our intention or if we had one going in, but 
one of the answers or the messages I got from spirit was it was something to do with with healing the father wound and the message that I got was a question and the question was how do we treat the men in our lives and what they were saying I remember the journey so I was basically seeing it was for me the scene was quick I was seeing these like little boys like the boy scouts you know in this large open field and they were having fun they were playing with the fire and then there was this woman she was very tall and 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 big and you know just a grumpy old lady and she came over to the boys and she was screaming and I think she was hitting one of the boys with a stick like be quiet you know and that was her message to me and or spirit's message to me was just because like we're sitting here right and Dana and I are, are trying to heal the father wound and you know again like going back to like the patriarchy and how you know a lot of times um with feminism we're looking at how we've been treated by men but how do we treat men in our and in, in our lives right how do we treat our boyfriends our husbands our you know cousins whatever any male influence in our lives and they were kind of saying like how you treat other men is also a reflection of your own healing and i thought that was so beautiful and you know since we're talking about integration i think we can take this you know they were we were specifically talking about the masculine but i think we can take this also to the feminine side right and something that i've not so maybe spirit driven in a way but i was in mexico i was living in mexico for the past 6 months and let me tell you i'll just say i mean you know we talk about all this healing and it sounds so beautiful and amazing and it is but let me tell you sometimes it is hell mm-hmm. it is crying it is fighting it is screaming it is punching it is it is absolute hell mm-hmm. but it is so effing worth it so but what i wanted to say is that you know going to mexico and i was living you know very in this beautiful spiritual community with these amazing people and even though you know they were so spiritual and everybody was doing this and that and cacao ceremonies and reiki and sound healing and all this stuff i noticed and maybe it's also something you know reflection of myself but i noticed that the way i was being treated by other women was so ridiculous you know egos and and jealousy i mean for myself also but just like really horrible and this is an interesting question to ponder it's like how how do i treat other women mm-hmm. you know and, and that can also be a re- reflection of back to me and my own healing journey but it's you know it's it's like we just have to be mindful of how we treat others whether it's the masculine or the feminine um because i think that also helps us in our own healing journey. Well, i i think really, you know, to to really look at what you were saying Jacqueline about, you know, you were looking at the women in your life and you were seeing how they treated each other and then you were seeing where where you fit into that, you know, and having this come out of a journey is what we would be be able to do journeying is we would ask a question or or get an answer or get this sort of information and then 
we would go a week, sometimes not even a week before the next journey, and we would start to see mirrored back in our life through signs and synchronicities and our own behaviors and the behaviors of other people, the movies that we watched, the books that we picked up, the things we see on Instagram, the conversations we have with other people in our life. We would start to see these things unfold in such a way that um, allows for that change and that healing and that sort of one thing to kick into another because and maybe we need to talk a little bit about what we're doing in these shamanic journeys like what is a shamanic journey and how was this applying like maybe sharing like an example but once we create this open dialogue with spirit they start talking back to you um in in your real life in this like way that is um that really allows for the transformation, you know, um, mm-hmm. I think. And and it really allows you to see where you're doing the work and where you need to do the work, where you're on track and where you need to do a whole lot better, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean your behavior changes in a day or a week or a month. It means you get the first step of awareness, you know. How does the wound express itself in this in your behavior in your everyday life like what are these patterns that are that are being healed by this work how does it reflect in the patterns of your day-to-day what is it that you're healing exactly if you're comfortable sharing i think the easiest thing for us to apply it to is probably when we're looking at our relationships with for us more of the work is around the divine masculine i think um and it can be something as simple as us both having to deal with abandonment issues from our own father and really mm-hmm. looking at that and looking at how that carries into every relationship we've had with a man in our life since then for me with my husband with relationships I had before my husband with um other relationships I'm playing out in friendships with men with um you know just um how that affects your mindset and affects your decisions it affects your perspectives and then seeing it also coming up in past life experiences. We had um, a journey um, we did. It was one of the few ones in the last you know year or two that we've got to do in person. Jacqueline was back in New York visiting. And we had um, been doing a lot of divine masculine work. And then she came to New York to visit. And we met up in this lovely garden in Central Park. Um, and, you know, we sat and we journeyed in person. We also did rape, uh, rape which I think intensified the experience um and we was I was in that journey brought to a past life experience that involved um you know uh trauma from a father and I saw how it um played in this life again in a different scale and was able to see and feel that and release it and I had such a releasing experience but Jacqueline was holding that space she was also seeing this she was seeing parts of the equation that I wasn't necessarily seeing so it's as if you get this like full 360 degree view by doing it with someone, you know, that they're able to sometimes see things that you can't, maybe things that are too painful for you to see mm-hmm. or true. things that you have blinders on to, you know, for whatever reason, you know, um, so many things in the next few weeks for the both of us played out in our lives with the males in our lives that allowed us to have greater um, awareness and um, perspective than we could have ever had doing it another way mm-hmm. um what was it you you said to me earlier today Jacqueline about us being spiritual therapists to one another you know and I think that mm-hmm. this journey is our form of therapy in a way you know it's um it's the way therapy has to work for us just because I think we are so 
intuitive and we do live so much of our lives kind of in that other, you know, we're able to walk between the two worlds in a way. And I, um, I, I think that, um, this is our healing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So g- give a little rundown of how it works, of, of how you, you know, begin the journey and how you get in and how you, and what you experience as you do that. So essentially what we do is we come together every week and, you know, when we started, so the shamanic journey, what it is, is we open a sacred circle. We do a prayer to open the space, call in all of our guides, um, whether they're known or unknown. Um, We call in protection energies to protect us in this space, because like Dana said earlier, very often we go way down into the depths of the darkness. So we want to be protected as we do that. And then we will either set an intention for the journey, or we will just say to spirit, show us what needs to be healed and what knowledge you want us to have in this moment to guide us on our path forward. And it's really interesting, you know, to see what they bring, bring forward. Um, You know, and I'm sure Dana can talk about her experience after too, but you know, we'll get guides coming in from, we're, we're both very open. That's the one thing that I love working with Dina is that there, I, I really feel like for both of us, there's no limits to the guides. You know, we have no fear. We have no resistance to any energies that come forward, whether they be angels, galactic beings, light beings, uh, nature spirits, you know, guides that we've never seen before. We're very, very open to that. And I think that's important because even though it's maybe unfamiliar, doesn't mean it needs to be scary. Um, It's just something unknown. But if there's an energy coming in, um, I think it's very important to acknowledge that presence. So, you know, we'll have our guides come forward and they'll take us on these journeys. So Dana and I are both very highly clairvoyant. So, that means we we see right with our with our psychic vision, and um, I think both of us are very strong in all the clairs. But for me, we're seeing like the guides will come in and they'll take us what we call a psychic journey, and it's almost like watching a movie, you know, because the guides come in and they show you different things, um, or we'll hear things through clair audience, you know, again using all the different clairs, and. And they'll answer our question or they'll give us, you know, like I said, whatever divine knowledge we need in that moment to heal. I think all all three of us probably do these journeys, you know, by ourselves, right? Or meditations or um, things like that. But it's really curious to do it together. Because like Dana said earlier, she'll see something and then I'll see something. And we're seeing the same scene, for example, but we're seeing two different sides of it. And so we're kind of seeing what the other person isn't able to see. And then it reflects back to us and we kind of build that puzzle and we're able to see the whole picture. And that is so powerful because then we take that information and at the end we close the circle and then we discuss it a little bit and, you know, in the the next day and, um, you know, week going forward, we set the intention for spirit to continue to guide us in the next week and show us and how how do we integrate this knowledge um but that's basically our process and you know every week we'll come together and we kind of 
um, recap, you know, what's happened in the week and how, how did we integrate or not integrate? You know, sometimes we don't do a great job. We're human. Um, and so, but I think also having that second person there, having, you know, Dana there is, is really helpful because we can, we can hold space for each other just as spirit holds space for us and we can hold that love and compassion and understanding. Um, and it's just, it's a really beautiful journey. Mm -hmm. It is. I think journeying like this has allowed us to kind of bring the spirit worlds into our real life in this interesting way that I, I remember when I first started journeying, I would have to like, I'd have to go down a river and through a cave and I have to do all of these things to get myself into that space. And now it's just like, we're always one breath or thought or shutting of our eyes away from it, you know, and, and in just allowing it to unfold in your daily life and be like, Oh, Hey, look at this information you got and look at all of the ways it connects to my real life. I mean, we did that this morning. There was like text messages going on information Jacqueline got. And I was like, well, here is exactly what's happening. And, and, you know, so it's also allowed us, I think, to grow as intuitives and to trust in a different way too. I don't think any of this would be possible if we weren't trusting ourselves, you know, and we weren't really allowing ourselves to um, take this journey and to, um, I think also something, you know, when Jacqueline talking about what we do when we journey, it is like watching a movie. It's like seeing two different sides, like we each have two different camera angles, right? But it's also a real three-dimensional thing that happens in our bodies. So it's feelings that happen, um, sensations, there's um, feelings of movement when you're laying perfectly still. It's a real like way to put ourselves in our body, especially when we're looking at wounds that are connected with the divine masculine and feminine and something we've done together is really look at our own sexual traumas that have happened in our lives. And that is like, what's more in your body than dealing with trauma that you went through, like a physical trauma that there is, you know, um, nothing more than that. And I think when you have dealt with trauma, you've learned ways to come out of your body really easily. And I think spirit, even though we are going out of our bodies to journey, they're really the message is always that we need to go back into them. We need to treat them better. We need to, you know, recover from it. We need to see the connection in nature with our bodies. There's all sorts of like interesting overlaps that are coming forward. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's interesting then that in the process, in this beautiful process of friendship and, you know, and, and healing and growth that as you began to heal, you began to really, rather than heal the divine feminine and divine masculine, it sounds to me, you actually are integrating them through the healing is what it sounds like you're doing is experiencing all of the all of the narratives all of the the sufferings and pains that that exist in your body and then as you've done that over the past couple of years now you're opening to the integration it's beautiful um and and i think it's something that is is happening for the planet too i feel like it's something that you could both um lead in some way as well you know what i mean like once you've gotten to a point where maybe you feel as though you've wrapped it up, <laughs> which I know never really happens, but you get to a place where you've sort of, you know, you've reached the end of that hallway and you've made the turn to the next, to the next room. I feel like you could lead others in, in these journeys, offer these services together, you know, and really focusing on, 
on trauma. I feel like if you guys could lead um, individuals through this, it would be really powerful. So maybe it's something to think about. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like what we're doing is I'm, I'm like, have I never seen this before because my awareness is limited or are we really doing something that is maybe really different and fresh? And I, I, I think so. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. people, people do journeys obviously with medicine and, and people do people meditate and people do group meditations, but this is different. This is a, this is a sharing of quantum energy. You know, it's just not mm-hmm. done. It's a, it is a very unique thing. I, I, I think. You know, it's very, very curious to me on this journey is that especially in Mexico, but also um, in Peru, you know, there's all these people in a spiritual community. Again, they're doing sound healing, cacao ceremonies, yoga, breath work, all these different things. But when I got there, I said to my friend, where are the psychics? Where mm-hmm. are the intuitives? Where is this, you know, where is this group? Because I want to be a part of it. And it wasn't there. And I was so just floored. And I created it because I'm like, but this is what the shamans, right, are doing as they're channeling. Yeah. And even all, all these other modalities, like sound healing, they're channeling sounds. I was talking to someone who is doing sound healing, and she said to me, she's getting kind of um, different um, rhythms and harmonies to play. And she didn't know where it was coming from. And I said, you're channeling, you're channeling spirit through sound. And I was just so curious because nobody was having this conversation in a way of intuitives and psychics and doing these journeys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you're definitely right. There's there's definitely something here and something, you know, to share it with more people, which is beautiful, you know, that we're here talking about it because people need to hear it. They need to understand what we do and how it can help them. And what we're doing is like, you're taking a little from what a shaman does, a little from what an oracle does, a little from what an intuitive and psychic or a healer does. And we're just, I think, trying not to fit ourselves into a box or a label because it's not that simple. I mean, we're just, we're not really going to check any of them 100%. Um, And I think the thing that's really interesting too, that I wanted to really bring up about doing this with Jacqueline is, We've been seeing over the last two years, I'll be in one experience and having one version of an experience. And she's in the same one from the other perspective. So what that's allowed to happen is I'm being confronted with the flip side to the situation that I'm going in. So I'm allowed to see the effects my actions can have on someone, whereas she's seeing the perspective someone can come from, you know, and we might flip it around a little bit. And it becomes interesting because not only do you have spirit telling you something, but you get to see something from this other human side of what you're going through, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. where like you kind of, you can remove yourself from it in a sense that you can, you can just, you get perspective on your situation in a different way. And that's not happening by accident. That is almost in itself that balance between the divine masculine and feminine we're talking about, because it's all about balance, right? And, and, and um, that's what healing is. I think at the end of the day, it's balancing energies where you're not too much in the light or too much in the dark to the point that you, you 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 know you're not um functioning correctly mm-hmm. you're not seeing something correctly mm-hmm. 
and and the experience the outcome of these experiences of journeys and i would imagine especially the the version that you two are the the path that you two are on it it is there is a physical change at the end of these journeys you have you you have physical experiences throughout them so that by the end at least for me most of the time there is this warmth in my chest this you know it's like your heart is honey you know and and you're just you're peaceful most of the time it just creates this open container of peace. Thank you both so much. This has been a really interesting conversation. Um, let's get Dana. What is your what is your uh, social media and your website? Start with you. Um, my website is um, from shadows to light.com. Um, and you can also find me on Instagram at the same handle. Okay. And Jacqueline, what about you? Mine, uh, my website is the quintessentialgarden.com. And also on Instagram. Awesome. So if anybody wants to reach out to either one of them to maybe participate in one of these journeys, I think that they probably do offer the service, right? I mean, I, I would imagine if not now, then soon. Um, and for any other of their intuitive services, of course, as well. They're both wonderful. Um, very peaceful, wonderful people. So thank you very much. And to our listeners, thank you. We really enjoyed your presence and we, we love you.